Hey, it's Rick. Welcome to Warriors Respite. I am a veteran and social worker, and I deal in trauma and substance use. And today, we are just going to talk. I didn't release an episode earlier this week, uh, mostly because I am just tired, exhausted, burnout, and didn't feel like talking about the Super Bowl. Yes, the Taylor Swifts won the Super Bowl. It's all rigged. It is. Taylor Swifts shouldn't have won the Super Bowl. Uh, There's no way. The, the Chiefs did not look like a Super Bowl team earlier. I'm so angry that I don't even have the my uh, light on for my lighting. I, I honestly didn't care who won the Super Bowl. It's just that uh, I don't care for Patrick Mahomes. I don't care for the crew. I think they're all annoying. I, I don't want to have anything to do with them. I don't want to see them on TV. I don't give a crap about the Kelsey brothers. I don't care about Patrick Mahomes' wife. I don't care about his brother. I don't care about Patrick Mahomes himself. I think he's egotistical. Of course, you know, the greatest QB is going to be that way. So, it's all rigged. It is. like. So you put Taylor Swift, you couldn't put him with Patrick Mahomes because he's married. So you put him with the tight end, who is the next top person on the team. It's all a publicity stunt. And you put them, you have them with this dynasty. It was, it's, it's all pushed for a reason. I'm sorry, you can't convince me otherwise. Put a tinfoil hat on my head. It is what it is. Okay. And the whole thing starts because they have to keep reporting on who Taylor Swift is dating, and I can't watch a GD football game without them showing Taylor Swift's face. I don't care if it's under 1% of the game. I don't need to see Taylor Swift at all during the game. I don't. I don't need to know that she's at the game at all. I don't care. My wife doesn't care. Taylor Swift being at the game is not... Enticing my wife to watch the game. And here's the thing. That's what they're trying to do. Is they're trying to get my wife to watch the shows that I watch. They were trying to get my wife to watch She-Hulk. Okay. Uh, She-Hulk was a show based off a comic book. It was the female version of Hulk. And it was basically Hulk, but a female. And she turned... Well, she... 
Jennifer Walters. Yeah, Jennifer Walters. And she would keep in her Hulk persona all the time, even when she, uh, well, she was a lawyer, and even when she was in the in trial, she would keep in her Hulk form. She was proud of it. And they made this show for women. This wasn't for the guys. It was for women. Because women are not interested in superhero shows. They're trying to get women interested in wrestling. Yes, some women are interested in wrestling. But, like, the women that are wrestling are interested in wrestling. That's it. Like, the majority of women that are watching wrestling are not my wife. Most women don't care. Most women don't care. If you take away men, there would not be much of a market for wrestling and sports and superhero movies. They need to start stop marketing this stuff for them. Because they're losing money because of it. Am I saying they can't... I'm not saying they can't have things in the show for the women. But they're marketing... Trying to market the entire show for them. They try... They tried to overdo the whole Taylor Swift thing with football. And it pissed off too many men. I am just annoyed by the NFL. I am. By the whole Taylor Swift thing. Now, is the NFL going to lose any money because I'm pissed off? No, probably not. But I'll tell you what. If the Bears trade Justin Fields and Caleb Williams comes in and has a bad year or two then I'm probably about done. Because you're going to force Taylor Swift on me and continue giving me a bad product again with my team? Then what am I doing here? It's a waste of my time. I'm spending my money and time on a bad product. And I got to stop doing that. Marvel, I stopped spending my time on a bad product. It's not so much... That they made She-Hulk for women. It was the fact that it was a bad product. I enjoyed some of it. But they went too far. And made it really bad. And my wife never cared at all. She didn't watch one episode. I tried getting her to watch it. She didn't care. She in fact cared more about the episodes of Marvel shows and movies that were geared towards guys. Go figure. She didn't care about the stuff that was geared towards women. She wanted the stuff that was geared towards adventure. She wanted the hero's journey, not the feminist stuff. Go figure. That's interesting. We watched the Marvels yesterday. I thought it was terrible. My wife actually liked it. 
Or she thought it was cute. I thought I was like watching a B movie. Now, it wasn't so feminist. And it was better than watching an episode of She-Hop because it actually had action in it. It wasn't like watching a feminist uh, lawyer show. Which, I would have enjoyed She-Hawk if it was a competent lawyer show. Um, they admitted they knew nothing about lawyer lawyering or anything like that. The Marvels, uh, I don't, I don't know. It was, uh, it didn't make sense, I guess. It was, it was, it was alright. It just seemed like a made-for-TV movie to me. It didn't seem like an action blockbuster that was put in cinema for a reason. It was like a made-for-TV, excuse me, movie. But they set up, I don't know if they were setting up for like a little kids adventure or female adventures or what. I mean, I like Kamala Khan. Little Miss Marvel? I thought she was adorable. I like Photon. I'm not going to be one of those that hate on Brie Larson. I've always liked Brie Larson. You say what you want about her. I've always liked Brie Larson. So, whatever you want to say. I've I've liked her since Clash at Demon Head. Scott Pilgrim. So, you're not going to convince me otherwise. I think the right-wingers went a little bit too off the handle with Brie Larson. But I, I also, uh, you know, don't play the right-left-wing game either. So, this is a interesting segue. Interesting segue. So, I've been talking to a lot of people this week, and I started thinking because... I don't know how many people I've talked to, 67 years old, 60 or 70 years old, who end up where they're at and don't realize that they've gotten there and have these reactions to trauma their whole life and didn't realize it. They've had these reactions to trauma. And they've been reacting to trauma their whole life. And that's where the reactions to trauma have gotten them. Running away. We spend all this time running away from trauma. Running away from our guilt. Running away from our grief. And we don't realize it. We don't face it. And until people come to me, they don't realize they have to face it. And so... When people don't face it, they're just reacting to fight, flight, freeze, or fun. So they're reacting to their environments. They're reacting to their environments as if it was the trauma happening again. For instance, I open the fridge... My wife says, don't touch something. My brain triggers. It reminds me of my mom yelling at me when I was a kid and threatening to spank me. The fight 
turns on, defensive signals turn on in my brain. I turn around and start yelling at my wife because I'm not reacting to that situation. I'm reacting to my traumatic situation that that moment reminds me of. I don't know why I'm angry. I don't know why I'm acting so irrationally. And then I get a divorce because I keep reacting that way. And instead of getting therapy, I get anxious, and I get drunk, and I get violent, and I go to jail. All that because I avoided my trauma. My life could have been so much different if I would have taken a step back and said, Whoa, something's wrong here. Why am I reacting this way? Because... I think this is normal. This this is how I normally react. They're the ones that's wrong. That's how my brain rationalizes it. I believe most of the people in prison just reacting to trauma. Fawning, doing what other people tell them to do. They're in a gig, just people-pleasing. Doing what... All the other gang members tell them to do. So they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. They just want to belong. Now they're in prison for the rest of their life. Person over here never made any friends. Why are you isolated? Can't trust anybody. My feelings aren't valid. No one, no one, uh, no one will, will validate my feelings. My feelings don't matter. We spend all this time reacting. And I gotta be up front even after. Even after we get trauma therapy, we're gonna continue to react. But it's gonna hopefully be better. But the fact of the matter is, all our behavior is a reaction to something. And it's usually a reaction to our experiences. Very rarely are we reacting to something for the very first time. We're usually reacting to things based off our experiences. We are analyzing the odds so that we can make the correct choice based off what's going to give us the... Or what has given us the uh, best consequences in the past. And we avoid trauma by constantly making the choices that avoid the traumatic consequences in the past. But the problem with that is that might hinder our experiences because then I'm making decisions not based on opportunity, but based on my fear because I could have went out and networked, but I'm afraid of crowds. So I stayed home because who knows what could happen. Everybody might judge me there. No one will like me. I'm too unlikable. 
that's how the traumatic brain thinks. That's what your brain does. It judges yourself. Because if people that love me are going to treat me like dirt, then then I must be dirt. I must be dirt. And so I interpret that. And I have that little nugget in my brain since I was a kid. And I don't even know why I have that there. I might even know that that's not rational. But it lives there. And it's hard to get rid of. And so when the opportunity comes up, the feeling comes up. And that's the reaction. Oh, my God. That's that reaction. And the belief comes with it. Everyone's going to judge me. And the instinct, stay away. Isolate. Have two choices. You can isolate or you can go. Thing is, you can choose to go. But then you go. And then you freeze. Because you're around all those people and everybody's staring at you. You're afraid they're all judging you and you don't know what to say. In your brain, you can't think. Everybody's judging me. If I say anything, I'm going to say something stupid. Shoot, everybody's laughing at me. Everybody's looking at me. And if I move, I'm going to make it worse. If I say anything, I'm going to make it worse. So now I went to this party and everybody thinks I'm antisocial. Everybody thinks I'm stuck up because I wouldn't talk to anybody. When really, I thought everybody hated me. That's how trauma works. And it's a reaction. You can't consciously change it. You can't. It's a process. And it's a rewiring. And it takes time. Can you change it? Yes, it takes time. Lots of time. And work. But you can't change it with a bottle. You can't change it with a needle. And you can't change it by ignoring or avoiding it. I'll tell you that. And it doesn't change in months. Might take years, but it does change with practice. The best time to plant a tree is five years ago. The next best time is now. When I start saying stuff like, oh, it's it's going to take a while, people start getting nervous. Well, why even start if it's going to take that long? Well, five years from now, you're going to wish you started five years ago. Guarantee that. Guarantee, guarantee, you're going to wish you started. Because when you're 70, when you're 80, and you're on your deathbed, you're going to be regretting. And I've heard this, people laying on their deathbed, talking about how they regretted not living life to the fullest, not taking chances. Life's about getting better and always getting better and strengthening yourself all the time, all the time, always strengthening yourself. And I'm sorry to say, but you have to be bad at something before you get good at something. And getting good at something is a slow process. It's not an easy process, and it's not a quick process. 
Heck, it might even be an easy process. It's just a tedious process. It's just that you gotta show up. It's actually that simple. It's that it's just that you gotta show up and you have to be repetitively doing the work. And if you're not doing that, well then, that's the basis. Get what you put into it. If you don't put much into it, then you're that's what you get out of it. So, but I suggest do, being smooth with it. Just go in and just do it every day. And just keep doing it. And stop worrying about getting better. Just go into therapy and just do it. Just do the work. Because this is your personality. This is your emotional well-being. And you have to live with yourself. And you have the right to be compassionate with yourself. You have the right to emotionally regulate. Thanks for watching. Uh, subscribe to anywhere you have podcasts and social media. Uh, and make sure you check out my other podcasts, Spit Take Podcast, and stay mangled and strangled in peace. Peace out.